Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's your hosts, Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. This is Hour 2 in our 2024 World Junior Championship Prospect Review, brought to you by Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and study to the next level at juniorprospecthockeyleague.com. In the fifth segment, we're going to talk about prospects from Team Canada. And then in segment six, we'll turn the page and talk about some Slovakia prospects as well. And then in the seventh segment it is brad's favorite time we're going to talk about some goaltenders at the world junior championships and finally we'll talk about a couple prospects for norway as well so here we go so let's talk about macklin celebrini and your thoughts on him in that respect of his tournament and overall well the way that to to look at it would be you have to evaluate him relative to other potential number one overall picks and from that perspective i think he did pretty good like a pretty solid tournament overall. Uh, you know, he's he's a bona fide number one, uh, and what I mean by that is like you look at the last couple of years, or even dating back to like 2012. Let's go with Ryan Nugent Hopkins onward type of situation. You look at Alexei Lafreniere's struggles, uh, Shane Wright, who was projected to be that and then slipped a bit. That that's not going to be Celebrini's issue. He's not he's not going to come in the league putting up 30, 40 points, and then everybody goes, "What happened?" Was is this a result of scouting? Is the result of development? And there's more questions than answers, right? That's not going to happen on this player. And I think some of you, some of you, uh, I'm sure listening uh, who evaluated him could see that that this is a incredibly well-rounded, mature 200 foot player who has absolutely everything, and he brought everything. And uh, I, th- I think that's the best way to label him. Is you know, I'll say this: the biggest difference between him in the college level and him at this event relative to Adam Fantilli, who I think is an okay comp because. You know, top three pick was projected to be potential number one. Played college. Uh, the biggest difference celebrating is a smarter player, smart, smarter hockey player, and and you can see that. Uh, Fantilli is more explosive. Fantilli can be uh, maybe you could argue that his um, his shot quality with his one timers is even a little better in celebrating. You make that argument maybe, but I think the rest of Celebrini's game is the total package. Uh, yeah. You're dealing with a total package hockey player, and he was the youngest player, and it didn't matter. And that's what you want to see. What stood out for me is just how consistent, consistently he was off puck. That's what impressed me the most. The, you know the offense was there. I almost actually dismissed it. Not to say, I just wasn't concerned about it. I wasn't even interested in watching him have the puck. I was interested in watching him without the puck and how he's playing and how that was going to translate. And I think he's our best defensive forward on the entire team as an 18-year-old, right? So that really like says something to me about his... And I think you you know coined it really perfectly about his well-roundedness in this 200-foot game, and I know we use that term sometimes too often, 200-foot game, but I think he embodies that particularly, which is why you know you always you're looking at first overall picks. It's so much of the ceiling, right? But his floor is so high, right? His floor is so high that makes it so much. Like people had asked me, oh, do you think that? there's going to be somebody that contends for first overall. And I like, I don't think so. And it's because of the floor. It's not because of his offensive production. It's because of his off puck play. I think that's going to really separate him between the other players that are in that top five that are trying to buy to move up. I just don't, I don't see if they're, they're going to be able to pull it off. They might, because they're still like, you got four months left. So that could happen, but uh, I don't think so. Um, we should talk about Brendan Yeager. I want your thoughts on him as well. 
because going into this tournament, you know, he was a guy that was kind of like he didn't know where he was going to be in a lineup. He's he's an offensive player that really deserved, I thought, offensive opportunities because he's could he be very very dynamic in that respect. You know, playing great in you know Moose Jaw, you know, forty one points in twenty eight games. But I thought he played. I thought he played well. He got a point. He was he. I think he did exactly what he should bring to a team like this. And he had a point a game, so it's hard for me to say he didn't play well because he did what you would expect him to to be and what he did. <laughs> Yeah, to your point, I, th- I think uh, you could even make the argument he, he played a little bit above expectation, uh, considering where, you know, so depending on who you talk to, I, I think some people feel like he he fell uh, dramatically in his draft season because he was going in as a potential top five candidate and and uh, slipped into the teens in the actual draft. And to be honest with you, I, I felt like he could have maybe even gone later. You know, um, That said, you know, there's a reason he was drafted in, in the middle of the first is because he can really skate. And when he's playing well, he's calibrated the right way. That's when he makes high-end dual threat plays. You know, there's yeah. times where this kid can really have difficulty evaluating when to pass a puck, and he can be too reliant. With he's a very good technical shooter, but he doesn't always set up his shot uh, in a way that's deceptive around defensemen and around a goalie. And I think he's improved in those aspects. He's not. He he was too easy to read in his draft year. I feel like this tournament showcased an example of him where he's starting to understand that through his dynamic play, he can be more difficult uh, for defensemen and goalies to read. And that makes him a far more dangerous player. So I, I was pleasantly surprised. And uh, it looks like Pittsburgh might have a good one. Uh, I, I don't get an opportunity to see Jaeger too much out of this season. This this was really my opportunity to really evaluate where he was relative to last year. And, and uh, he looked pretty impressive. Yeah. And the, and the, the lines and how things were configured. I was just curious to see how he was going to adapt because in this tournament, you know, if you don't play with guys on a consistent basis and you have maybe in the past and some other like international tournaments and there's some chemistry, I thought he adapted to the situation quite well from that standpoint. Uh, disappointing, obviously, result for a team Canada, but I thought, you know, Brandon Yeager, you know, displayed himself, you know, quite well. And, you know, so it was a, it was a nice little indication of where his game could go and that he was evolving um, because these are snapshots in time and, to see them against his peer group, like, oh, okay, the things that we wanted to see him get better at, you're starting to see that at a really high level event. So I thought that's re- that was really important for him. Let's talk about Lamic, uh, Maverick Lamaru as well, and you know, put in a really tough spot after injuries on the defense core. And thoughts on him overall, because uh, there wasn't an expectation from me for him to put up a ton of points, but he was going to put up some. And it was really based on the injuries that he was going to have to play against the top lines and defend as well. And I thought his five on five play as a defenseman was good. It was good. I don't think he was the problem on their defense core. I thought he was fine overall. And I think he just took on a much bigger role and shouldered much more of the responsibility than probably he should have. And then sometimes did a little bit too much, Um, but I can't fault a guy for trying. And I thought, so overall, I mean, Plus minus isn't everything, but in in five games he was a plus six, so that says something about his defensive game five on five. Well, his job was to to be the insulator and yeah. uh, to make sure to pressure the line and to, to instill a bit of fear. Make sure it's like, okay, you want to streak around me, it's going to cost you, right? And that's the, the thing I'll, I will give Maverick full full credit is he has improved dramatically from where he was in his draft year. He's a totally different defenseman in some aspects. My big issue with him in his draft season, I didn't see any stick instincts. 
So you have a huge six, seven kid with tons of range, but he couldn't use it right. Now you're starting to see a development where he's really starting to use his range correctly more often. And it's not perfect. And uh, I think he falls in the Leon Bixell camp, which is massive, disturbing insulator who can do a lot of good things defensively, uh, but that the puck skills in terms of just the, the exit playmaking is going to limit him a little bit. And that's what you saw that occasionally at this event. Uh, but it, he's coming together as a prospect where admittedly, I thought at the time uh, I was, I, I, I got it. You know, as he is a unicorn, he's six, seven, he's a freak athlete. There's a raw base to work with, but I didn't know exactly uh, uh, what to think of him going in the first. You know, I, I had him a bit back because of how raw he was, but yeah, full credit to Arizona. He's developing well. He looks like the insulators we always talk about on here and how critical they are at this point in time in the game, the way the game's played. You know, he's going to have to, he'll insulate a Sean Dursey one day. Right? Yeah. That's going to be his job. And he showed at this event that he, he is tracking to be able to do that to some degree. You know what? Yeah, because this is his fourth year in the queue. And this was his opportunity at the World Juniors. He's going to turn pro next year. And I started to see that greater level of consistency. Sometimes the big guys don't recognize how big they really are and how much time and space they can take away. And that guy's like a condor. When he stretches out his arms and with that stick, he's so difficult to get around. And when he, when he starts to realize how effective he can be with that, and then before, what he needs to do is force forwards to come inside on him. Come on in, because I'm gonna just gonna I'm gonna crush you. You're gonna get hit, and you're not gonna like it. So it's almost like I'm gonna take away all that outside him. I'm gonna for, I'm gonna give you the only option is to come inside. Come on in and let me hammer you and see what happens with that. So for me, that's it's really intriguing to see what he did. And I thought throughout this tournament, he was the one defenseman that I thought was the most consistent in terms of being effective about who he is in the framework that he was working under. So from that standpoint, you know, that's, it's why I wanted to target him to talk about him today um, because of that, you know, the expectations and, you know, injuries caused a lot of issues with the Canadian defense Corps, And, you know, I thought he did his best to step up and take on a much larger role than was probably expected of him. And, you know, there's some stress involved in that as well. So, Interesting to see what he does um, post tournament, but I thought he, you know, he, he quitted himself quite well. Uh, Brad and I are going to take a short break. Uh, we come back. We'll talk more about prospects at the World Junior Championships right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown on their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. 
Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. 